Hi, I'm Spicy Dicey. And I'm Chantal Renee. And, and we, we love, love sex and horror. These are topics we love to write about as published authors. I love all things spicy and dicey. And I'm a big fan of sex and the sinister. Thanks for joining us for some dark, twisted, sexy, uncensored fun as we discuss sex, sex and, and horror. horror. <laughs> <laughs> We're about to get all up in Missy Jane's business tonight. <laughs> and I'm pretty excited about it because I've known Missy for a while. We met at Comic-Con at a Comic Palooza a few years ago. Mm-hmm. We were, um, I think it was an, it was an erotic panel, maybe? Was it writing erotica? Or I think possibly, yeah, I think so. Okay. And at, I think you were, you were going to be the moderator and then something came up at your, at your job and you were going to be running behind and I ended up moderating that panel. Mm-hmm. And and then you came in and then we just we just kept right on going. Um there was another guy that was on the panel at the time too. Um, gosh, I can't remember. Martin been... or Martinez or something like that, I think. Yeah, it must have been a Friday night because with Comic Palooza being Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Fridays are usually when I can't make it cuz of work. Mm, mhm. Chantel, have you and Missy Jane met at Comic Palooza before? I mean, it's definitely a possibility. There's so yeah. many people that we talk to. I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? There's like so much going on there. We may have yeah. been on a panel together or may have just went into her panel. I mean, I, I like to visit other people's panels as well. So, mm-hmm. but welcome. Thank uh, you for get, being with us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm excited because Missy and I have hung out outside of the Comic Cons too. We have gone on to some rock concerts together. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yep, that's what I'm missing really bad right now, more so than the cons. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering about that. I was like, you know, we metalheads, and I don't know if you consider yourself that, but those of us that like to go to concerts and we like to be in, in the action, it's, we're mm. struggling. <laughs> yes, no, I definitely consider myself a metalhead for, gosh, 30, 32-ish years, something like that, since middle school. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I and and so you've been in it much longer than me, but since I have to make up for time, I'm down there on the front row, on the front rail, and Missy's like, "Oh no, not anymore." Yeah, I, now I, those days, I I did that. Those days are <laughs> past. I'm I'm now to the physical point where my body's like, "Oh no, girl, <laughs> you can't do that no more." <laughs> yeah. So Missy and I, we have gone to them, and then we'll split up. I was like, "All right, I'm gonna go down there and get in the pit and start fighting. I'll catch up with." <laughs> later <laughs> yep and i'm in the back going well i'll hold a drink if you need me to <laughs> you remember that time that's why i should go with y'all because i'd be keeping you company girl i do the same thing <laughs> right I, i've had to ditch um i've had to ditch chantelle a couple of times too how funny um, it's well, the crowd doesn't bother me as much as sometimes the the way that the sound people do the music sometimes it oh, bothers yeah. my ears i have like a really weird you know mm-hmm. animal hearing <laughs> yeah well my I wear all I wear my hair down now at all shows because I wear earplugs now and my husband's a little embarrassed so he <laughs> I wear my hair down so nobody can tell him wearing earplugs <laughs> now listen I go to dance clubs and I if I if I don't bring my earplugs because I don't give no fucks who knows if I wear earplugs I will roll up some white ass napkins and stick them in my ears sticking out They'll be like, you, you know, those spokes that stick out of cars when they're driving yeah. down the road. That's how I look. <laughs> I'm like, hell no, I need to be able to hear tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. Well, not only that, but the music sounds better with the earplugs because it takes out all that extra 
noise, mm-hmm. you know, the the higher decibel level levels that we really shouldn't be subjecting our ears to. And to me, exactly. the, the music sounds so much better. And I even think, man, if I had known this, I would have been wearing these earplugs the entire 30 years I've been doing this. But, yeah. you know, my problem learned. is that my my earplugs fall out like they don't ever stay in the whole night, no matter how much I'm digging them in there, because I'm just so <laughs> You know, it, it's a it's a struggle to even stay on your feet at the front. So my yeah. earplugs, they're they're on yeah. the floor, or wherever. I yeah. don't even know where they are. By yeah, the well, end my head thinking days are over, so I don't have to worry so much about <laughs> my earplugs coming out. So yeah. <laughs> the last concert we went to was uh, that um, I was talking about Chantel when she came. She had on uh, sandals or flip flops. I said, "Now I know you didn't come <laughs> to play. I know you're not about to get down here. I know you." She she was going to the back or something because I knew better. Because I have one like combat boots when I go, and she had yeah. on flip flops. I was like, I know she's not planning to stay here long. <laughs> and yeah. now listen, and now listen, that was the first time I had to go to the back of a concert like that by myself. <laughs> and now I know why girls hang out in, in pairs because every freaking guy that had a little tubby belly, because I'm a chunky girl, had a little tubby belly or looked a little, you know, like, you know, like a little grumpish, you know, whatever. They were, they were trying to talk to me. And I'm like, come on now. I even have a damn ring on. Go away. That is funny. Yeah, no, I never wear. I am a sandals all year round in Houston kind of girl. But when it comes to concerts, I am a closed-toed shoe girl for sure. I usually wear just, you know, Converse or something. Yeah, You're smart. And in my defense, I think I went to a different event right before that. I think that's Mm -hmm. why I had those shoes on. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Continue. The first one uh, Michigan I went to was the Houston Open Air, yes. and it just so happens that it was raining. Ugh. Actually, it wasn't even doing much of anything, but they canceled the, the first, um, the, the first, first few day. hours. The first day, okay. Yeah, they had and canceled then, the whole first day, and then I think the second day we saw. So was it two or three yeah. days? Now I can't remember. Yeah, and then they canceled like a few. Most of the bands that day, but we we were able to catch maybe four or five before yeah, the it was shut down. But hey, we and, saw Slayer. Yeah, that really would count. And it's so funny because that's whenever you know bands are going to come. And like I said, I've been over thirty years, and I've seen a lot of bands. So mm-hmm. when a band is going to come, and I'm deciding, do I spend my money on these people or not? I think, have I ever seen them? Mm-hmm. Well, Slayer right. was one I had never seen live. And so yeah. I'm so glad that of everybody who got canceled, Slayer did not get canceled. Because yeah. yeah. then now they're not touring anymore. That that was or the, the tour after that was their last tour. Yeah. And we didn't make it to go see them. So I'm glad we yeah. got to see them. That was awesome. I was on, I wasn't all the way at the very front on that one. I was like on the mm-hmm. second row, but I had my hand stuck on that rail. I, <laughs> I wedged between two really big guys for that one. <laughs> it was brutal. Yeah. It, it was brutal though. It was goddamn. It was brutal out there, but yeah. it was fun too. I've, I've, uh, I stopped following Slayer cause I see their, poli- um, the, the the leader his his political views are not aligned with mine so oh I like, gosh i hadn't even noticed that honestly <laughs> a lot of these bands that i love and i listen to i don't follow on social media i've been trying to kind of mainstream my social media more to where i'm following book thing book related mm-hmm, things mm-hmm. and not as much music stuff even though i i'm very into music and so i'm kind of glad that i missed that but you know i mean they're done they're they're not touring anymore they've 
before yeah. he was retired, they may, maybe they're all going to go off and do their separate things. But yeah, for sure. If his, if yours and I, uh, my, our political views align pretty well. So if, if he doesn't align with you, he probably doesn't align with me either. So I'm kind of yeah. glad I missed that, but oh, well. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. I, I follow different people on different formats for different reason. I had to let yeah. them go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess we should say who you are. Oh, yeah. Yeah, please. <laughs> <laughs> Missy Jane is a an author here. And she and, and by here, I mean Houston. She's based out of Houston, like mm-hmm. Chantel and I are. And she writes erotica and some paranormal and some romance and some erotic romance, all that juicy stuff. Did I miss out <laughs> on anything that you write? I have one urban fantasy book. It's not actually currently available because I, I had... 20 books published a couple of years ago. A bunch of my mm-hmm. publishers shut down. I got the rights back to everything. So I have just okay. a handful oh, that's of books great. currently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's great to have it all back, but now I'm like, oh, what do I do with it? So I've yeah. got a handful of books actually available, and the urban fantasy isn't one of them. But urban fantasy is another genre that I'm really interested in, and I'll be branching out into a lot more once I really get in gear and, and start getting stuff published a little bit more quickly than I have in this past mess of 2020 you know <laughs> mm-hmm. what what's influencing you for urban fantasy like well just, I just out of curiosity that one it, it was so funny because when I first started writing to get published the, actually the very first book I wrote that got contracted wasn't necessarily a romance when I started writing it I, I've always been a horror fan I mean I've been reading Stephen King and Clive Barker since middle school mm-hmm. and so my writing has always had this like fantasy feel to it paranormal and so the very first book that I had published when I first wrote it actually didn't have romance in it and I ended up at a romance convention with a friend and she had actually kind of gotten me into reading romance so we actually went as readers to go meet all these authors And so when I realized um, that I could go that route and I met these people that were really great, I added romance to it. So really fantasy, urban fantasy, paranormal, but without the romance has always kind of been my, my shtick, you know, it's been my background. And with this particular one, it's called, um, what it's called (laughs) it's called day shift and it's uh about vampires and Mm -hmm. with this particular book when i first decided to write it what it was around the time of twilight or actually i might have written it before twilight came out i can't remember but um when i was actually going to try to get it published my thing was kind of like this is like the anti-twilight but really the, the vampires in my world i thought you know what i don't want them to be the stereotypical dead, soulless, evil vampires, right? So mm-hmm. I kind of took the the bases for vampires in most books, and I decided to do the opposite. So like, they're not allergic to garlic, they're not dead, they're not evil, they're, they're really, they're just like a different race of people. So mm. um, yeah, and so that's really what makes it an urban fantasy, because it's set in Houston, all my stories are set in Houston, and mm-hmm. it's set uh, current times, <clears throat> but the vampires are the ruling class of people and humans are kind of mm. like lower class. So um, that's why it's called day shift. Cause it's kind of like how night shift really is in reality where night shifts kind of sucks. You know, nobody really wants to work it. The main character mm. of this book works the day shift. She's a human. And so she's stuck on the day shift. And so that's kind of the, uh, the opening premise of that book. Mm, okay. <laughs> and I, I read uh, educating Macy that's your um, 
it's a short it's a short story an erotica short story mm-hmm. i didn't know you had it in you missy <laughs> yeah i know we don't it's funny because you and i talk more music than than books right? most of the time when we're together so um yeah that one and which is free right now that one is uh it's one of my favorites it has, every time i read it i mean i wrote the damn thing and i tell you still Anytime I read that opening scene, I am just laughing because that was the first scene that this may have been the first real erotic that I wrote. I can't remember now because it's been, you know, over 10 years, but I think it is because that scene, I remember so clearly how it popped into my head of her bursting into his living room. He opens the door, she knocks on the door, he opens the door and she just goes walking and talking nonstop. And she doesn't realize he was watching porn. Mm-hmm. I love that. <laughs> and so, you know, when it dawns on her that that she's hearing this and she's kind of an innocent, she's an adult woman, but she she's not promiscuous and she hadn't really had a lot of exposure to, to sex. And uh, when she realizes what she's hearing, she's shocked, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's I've again, every time I read it, I just crack up laughing, which is probably kind of ridiculous. I crack myself up, but. I just love that scene. It's probably one of my favorite scenes that I've ever written in any of in any of my books, really. Because <laughs> I just think it's so the, funny. The, the favorite part. I, I, I'm always interested in that. What, what's your favorite part and your favorite scene that you write? So that's good to know. This one was triggering for me in a few ways. You want to know why? Why? <laughs> why? Uh-huh. The, <laughs> there's a six year difference between them. Uh-huh. There's a six year difference between me and my husband. Oh, how and- fun. <laughs> Okay, I didn't know that when I wrote it. <laughs> and and she keeps calling herself old, and she's only 35. I'm 47. It's like, I'm oh, no. <laughs> it's just a number, girl. It's just it a number. Is. It is, and that's what he has to convince her of. That it doesn't really matter. But this is, let me think. I, I'm trying to think of, I mean, if it was 10 years ago that I wrote this, I would have been 35. So I, I was probably, I would have been her age. And I guess at that time I thought, you know, yeah, looking at men that much younger than me, it doesn't seem like a big number, but at that age in your mid thirties, that does feel like kind of a big gap. I mean, I'll tell you what, every time I look at JJ Watt, I feel like a dirty old woman. So, I get it. I get it. Yeah. I am in a weird phase where, you know, some of, some of my crushes and and I, I get to, to throw my crushes off on muses. I need I need muses energy uh-huh. to put into my stories, right? Uh-huh. So some of my crushes are if I gotta go look them up. Like if I'm watching something, I was like, God, that, that dude is hot. You know, I gotta go look <laughs> up to see how old they are because yeah. I don't feel right if they're in their twenty, their early twenties. Uh-huh. Uh, late twenties is really pushing it, but yeah, now it's to the point that my daughter and I are starting to overlap, and I don't oh like that God. at all. And see, that's and that's the <laughs> that's, that's, that's the, the scary thing, right? That's the risk <laughs> that you run because uh, I my oldest daughter's twenty six. My youngest, my youngest daughter is just turned 20 this month. Mm. So, you know, they're of the age too, where they're just like, man, you know, we are looking at the same guys and hell, my son, we we're all looking at the same guys, you know? (laughs) I know that's got to feel crazy. It is. It's, it's hilarious. And the funniest, my husband, it cracks him up because, okay, we've been together almost 24 years. Mm. And when we first got together, I was what 20 he was 19 he's 11 months younger than me Mm -hmm. and uh, we were babies you know we we've pretty much grown up together but 
what was funny is at that time I was kind of a prude really mm-hmm. i grew up in a household where the word sex was never said i don't even know how i learned about sex honest to god I don't remember because <laughs> my mom sure as hell didn't teach me mm-hmm. and he was came from a family that was very open about everything i mean his mom gave him condoms for one of his birthdays in front of all his friends mm-hmm. and i think his 18th birthday i don't remember but so completely different upbringings when it come, came to sex and mm-hmm. so it, it was so funny because he would have a dirty joke. I wouldn't listen to it. He'd have to call my sister and tell her the jokes he learned at work because I didn't want to hear them. And so now here, you know, all these years later, I'm writing sex scenes and he just thinks it's so damn funny. And I tell him like, well, you are obviously a really bad influence on me. <laughs> That's awesome. But he has no remorse. He does not regret it at all. Right. I'm the one who... I'm the one who gave my husband some porn on CD. I'm like, here, I don't want this anymore. You want it? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I see you two going back and forth on Twitter sometimes. It is hilarious. I I posed the question one day uh, about... uh, who whose voice will drop panties faster than Mike <laughs> McDonald? <laughs> and you came back and said um, it was uh, Michael uh, Michael I Bolton. Michael Bolton. Yeah, mm-hmm. Michael Bolton. I was like, the Michaels have it, and he came back on and said something. Y'all were going back and forth. I was like, oh, tell us. <laughs> he said Tom Jones because that man was born in the wrong era. <laughs> He loves Tom Jones, and oh God, he loves disco. I don't, I, I don't know how we've lasted twenty four years sometimes, but it's so funny. <laughs> but you know, that's great. I mean, twenty four years is a long time to have yeah. the same sex partner. You know? Yeah, yeah. I'm at fifteen years, so uh, <laughs> yeah. No, it's good. Like how, we how... pretty much grew up together, you know, we, and it's hilarious because in a lot of ways we've almost become each other, you know, like I said, I was a prude and he was not, and, and it's not that he's a prude now, but I'm the one telling dirty jokes and he's the one going, oh my God, you know, Missy, it's just really <laughs> funny. So, yeah. <laughs> how do they feel? How do your children, because you got four, are they all girls? I have, I had four girls when they were born, but I now have three girls and a son. <laughs> Okay. Okay. So yeah, gotcha. my youngest is transgender. Okay. Uh, so how do they feel about um, you writing such sexy, uh, you know, off the wall things? Well, I know they haven't read them, or at least if they have, they haven't told me. In fact, I think I told them because they know where where the books are on my shelves, and I've told them if you ever read my books, don't tell me. And <laughs> you know, when they were younger, when I first started getting. But when I was first published and everybody in the family was all excited about me being published, they'd tell their teachers, my mom writes books, she's published, blah, blah. And when anybody would ask, all of them, their go-to answer when they would say, you know, well, what kind of books does your mom write? They'd say, books I'm not allowed to read. (laughs) (laughs) So now they're finally of the ages where they can read my books, you know. But I don't know. They've all read the urban fantasy book, the vampire one, Mm because that one doesn't have any sex scenes in it. And they liked it, so they like my writing. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, they they just go with the flow, and they just think it's funny, you know. And they still tell people, well, my mom writes books, and they they're sex, you know, they're, they're sexy books or they're adult books, and but they don't um, they don't really help me advertise or anything. <laughs> <laughs> 
and and she goes to bed at nine o'clock. I still cannot get over that. We're, we're I recording do. a little early here because you know, I don't I don't sleep through the night. I don't know what it is. I've tried changing pillows. Martin and I are talking about getting a sleep number bed, but and I think it's also my age. And I don't know if I'm going into menopause or what the hell is going on. But the past couple of years, I have not been able to sleep. I have to be so physically and mentally and emotionally exhausted to sleep through the whole night Mm -hmm. and you know Mm. just one time I wake up is for my bladder but other than that I'll wake up all night long I'll just wake up and I'm awake and I'm just laying there going oh my god why I'm awake and I've I've tried different things you know I've tried staying up later have you have Mm -hmm. you ever tried you probably have an uh, eye cover you know, no. like the little simple eye covers. I was having the same problem and my husband had gotten an eye cover because he works nights. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, I'm just going to put this on. Maybe lights waking me up. Mm-hmm. And when I tried to wake up, I had the eye cover on and I was too lazy to remove it. And I just <laughs> left it on and my <laughs> eyes were shut. So I just went back to sleep. <laughs> you know, I could try that. I mean, we don't, we, we actually had to put this dark um it's almost like having a room darkening blind but what it really is is a real thick sheet that we bought specifically to put over the window because the cat kept jumping on the damn windowsill so we had to completely Mm. like block it so very little light gets into our bedroom but we do leave the bathroom light on because we both end up waking up in the middle of the night because of our bladder so you know i don't know if that would help because there's so little light anyway but i'll wake up and half the time i wake up with my brain already going, you know, thinking of things I need to do the next day or something that I did the day before and did I do it all? And it's just crazy. It's crazy how, are you, how my mind works. So, yeah. And so, how old are you? How old am I? 45. Mm. Yeah. It, it is the menopause. Yeah. And that's what I think because I do have, you know, hot flash there now again. Yeah. But yeah, what I was going to say though originally was I've tried staying up later thinking, well, maybe I'm getting, I'm trying to get too much sleep. And then I've tried mm. going to bed earlier and, and the nine o'clock, cause my alarm goes off at six. So the nine to six, cause I mean, I lay down at nine, that I mean, I'll fall asleep. So that seems to be the best one so far that works, you know, and it doesn't always work. So I don't know. I also try, um, the, uh, like uh, meditation music or something. Do you listen to anything while you're sleeping? I do not. We have the fans on, we've got, two different fans on sometimes a third if i turn the one on that's on my dresser and <laughs> the sound from the or like fans, white noise or yes. something yeah and the sound yeah. from the fans is you know as well as the air but mostly the sound from the fans is very lulling so that's what we rely on even when we go out of town if we go to a hotel we take a fan with us mm-hmm. oh, i started nice. doing some research on perimenopause and menopause i'm i'm right there with you i'm struggling <laughs> these days I, I don't go to bed early but you know, I think me not going to sleep at all is, you know, it's just I'm having the opposite effect, but it's still uh, a sleep thing, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it sucks. Like on the weekends, you know, I don't go to bed at nine. Uh, and this past weekend, um, I think it was sad. No, it was Friday night. I stayed up till like 11 and I didn't have the an alarm on or nothing. And the next morning I woke up. I actually slept the whole night through. I didn't even get up to pee, which is a miracle. I woke mm. up and it was already just after eight o'clock and I was like, what the hell happened? Because that just so rarely happens. It happens like once a month where I'll sleep a full night like that and I have to just be so exhausted. But that's not something, you know, I can rely on during the week when I know I have to get up at six. So, 
don't Chantel and I both have had uh, hysterectomies, uh, mm-hmm. so it's it's mm-hmm. I, I can't really tell, you know, what's what's post hysterectomy and what's mm-hmm. me going into menopause. You know, I still have my ovaries, but mm-hmm. there's other changes that's going yeah. on. I'm in the same boat. I had the same type of hysterectomy, so I still have my ovaries. Um, yeah. I do know too my temperature my body temperature changes at night that oh that yeah definitely messes oh, with yeah, my yeah for sure yeah, my yeah. ability yeah, to too. sleep and it, it's funny because my husband's a furnace so we start out snuggled up against each other and that lasts mm-hmm. for maybe I don't know 20 minutes and then we both roll away from each other because we yeah. get too hot or <laughs> we're not comfortable and and so I'll be all cuddled up because again we got these fans on us the house is at 72 and then in the middle of the night and it doesn't seem to be any particular time I get just so hot I have to throw all the blankets off and it wakes me up and um and so then then I get cold and put them back on and just you know it's an all-night thing but it's not just my temperature I mean like I said sometimes my brain just wakes me up and there's never any one set thing that I've noticed every single night is keeping me awake you know yeah well you're obviously just turning into a vampire Apparently, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, it'll be like my vampires I wrote, and I won't be allergic to garlic because I really like Italian food. <laughs> you don't care about missing out on the sunlight, or are they are they day walkers? No, they're not. Well, th- what the way it, my world is is that they can walk in the day. They're not allergic. They're not going to blow up or anything. But the sun is actually bad for everybody. There's basically no ozone layer anymore. So that's Mm. why everything kind of happens at night and they're, you know, they're more susceptible to um, skin ailments from the sun than humans are. But even the humans try not to be in the sun too much. So that's uh, one of the quirks of my world. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I'm hoping so to have that, that one. Uh, I'm hoping to have that one re-released sometime next year. But that one, the one of the villains is a comic book artist. So that cover, I want to look more like a graphic novel cover. So mm-hmm. I've been at last year's Comic Palooza. I got some cards from different artists. I'm, I'm hoping to find a local artist that could really draw a good cover for me because that's really the kind of cover I want for that. I mean, it's going to be a series, mm-hmm. or it's going to be at least a trilogy. And uh, mm-hmm. and I want them all to have that type of cover. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, the the other the artist that I had for my um, my banner, mm-hmm. he's really good, Roderick Thornton. I can't remember if I gave you his information already. I don't. He's know. here in Houston. He's really good. He writes. Uh, he draws for Angel Comics. He mm-hmm. he does really great work. But I, you know, there's so many great authors. I mean, um, artists, artists that we've met at comic at Comic Blues, But I know for sure that he's here. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I met some really great ones, but I would prefer local. You know, not only just to to support local, but so that way I may can actually physically meet with them. You know, once the plague is done and all that. But um. Yeah, and I do like promoting people that live, you know, in Houston that are very local. That's why all my books are set in Houston and everything. I love Houston. I've lived here my entire life, and I tell you what, I don't think I've ever gone away. Um, do y'all hear something strange, or is it just me on my end? I didn't hear anything. But I've got these headphones on, so I don't know. (laughs) This is, it just went real crazy. You sounded like, um... Something from uh, um, the Terminator movies, all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I didn't get recorded that way. I don't know. My voice is 
Yeah, I'm hearing something weird. You're not yeah. hearing anything weird? Me, I'm not. Y'all sound normal to me. Is it just me? Is it just my voice that sounds weird? It's just yeah, it's just it's your, just your voice. Because Chantel's sounding fine, but uh, Missy's coming in clear for you, Chantel. No, it sounds very electronic. Um, yeah. <laughs> I wonder if you're taking that at this time. I wonder if it's the, uh, the headphones that, like I said, I have headphones in with a microphone. I could turn this off and try just using my computer speaker if you want. Yeah, let, let's try something because I, I can't quite catch what's going on. But you, yeah, you've, you've gone into the future. <laughs> Can you hear me? Yes. Is that better? It's like you went you went through a wormhole or a portal, and you're talking you're talking back to us through, from the future. <laughs> well, I can't tell you because don't <laughs> Okay, so I I'm I'm marking this time so I can add I can edit. Okay, have you have you changed anything? Have I changed anything? The Is that, uh, huh? Is that Missy talking or? Yeah, that's that? me. That's Missy. Missy, I'm I'm here. Yeah. Okay. okay. All right. You're you're back. <laughs> you're back in present time then. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm using just the speaker on the uh, computer. I unplugged the headphones because who knows? Like it's the first time I'm using them. There's no telling what's going on. <laughs> I mean, you were coming in so great in the beginning. I don't know what happened, but you got to. <laughs> you might want to go back and and um, hear this part or something yeah. to see. Uh, to see if you got a message from the other side. <laughs> see if something's embedded in there. Like, we, like when we were, well, you said you, you're new to the metal scene. It was like when I was younger trying to uh, turn those vinyls backwards or playing backwards to see if Ozzy was telling us to worship the devil. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, I might just let this roll just like this because it's still funny. <laughs> That's fine by me. <laughs> All funny. right. Yeah, I was like, what, what is going on? We got a message. Yeah, now you got me curious. I'm going to hear it. <laughs> like, she just went alien all over. I don't know what's going on. But I, well, um, we haven't we, done a show have... on aliens yet, so why not? Missy's got some some other gifts that she hadn't shared with us. On... <laughs> <laughs> It's, oh, you'd great. be welcomed here. You could tell us. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, guys, um, Chantal, I'm surprised you hadn't mentioned it um, all month. But I know this is Halloween and we usually, well, we celebrate Halloween all year round. But this is when, you know, I guess we, we should actually say something about Halloween. But um, this is also Hispanic Heritage Month, right? Yep, until Thursday, which I think is so weird. And I haven't even looked into why. Why does it start on September 15th? October 15th that is just the strangest thing to me instead of having like an actual month so I don't know who made that decision but you know I guess it's got to be different <laughs> I don't know it's just something that I've recently uh, seen people posting about on Twitter and I hadn't heard of it but you know by all means I'm I'm always wanted to shout out everybody so this is Hispanic Heritage Month it's perfect to have you on because I remember you you mentioned that you were Hispanic right yeah I'm Mexican-American okay and Chantel also. So happy Hispanic Heritage Month to you ladies. Thank you. All righty then. <laughs> <laughs> I eat tortillas every day, so I don't care. 
There you go. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember really seeing much about it last year, but to be honest, 2020 has really been a year of people calling out their heritage and, and declaring their heritage, I should say, and mm-hmm. calling out other mm-hmm. people's heritages. You know, that's really been a year of a big push for that. And I'll be honest, I had a kind of a, a what would you call, I guess, like a identity crisis because, I mean, my name is Missy Jane. And mm-hmm. it, it's based on my real name, you know, that Missy Jane is my pen name, but Jane is my middle name. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it doesn't sound Hispanic. It sounds very Caucasian. Mm-hmm. I probably don't sound Hispanic. I'm sure I sound, I, I mean, I think I just sound Texan, to be honest. But, you know, people who have uh, not met me in person might not know that I'm Mexican-American because I don't really push it. I never have because I've never felt a need to. And mm-hmm. until this year when it was really, when it started to be discussed a lot more and the push for more representation in books and stories, did I realize I really wasn't repping my heritage in my books at all. And mm-hmm. most of my books, the way I describe my characters, I very rarely touch on skin color except maybe once at the very beginning of the story, because as a reader, I like to have the image in my head of who's doing what, you know, in the story. So I like to know right off the bat what they look like, just so that I'll know what they look like in my mind as, as they're going through the motions. So Mm -hmm. when I write a story, I usually put a description as close to the beginning for that purpose. So the reader can, can imagine the characters And then I don't really dwell on it. You know, if it's not relative to the story itself, that's not something that I ever really um, focus on. So Mm -hmm. um, I very, very rarely have a blonde character, though. I can tell you that I usually have, you know, uh, women who look more like me that have the dark hair and the dark eyes and tan skin. And um, but I wasn't really being very specific. So I've again, gotten the rights back to all of my books. And so some of them I've tweaked a little bit where I've started to change the descriptions um, and make sure that they're not all representative of only Caucasian characters because in my mind, they're not. In my mm-hmm. mind, they're Caucasian unless I specifically say pale skin, blonde hair, which I'm sure I have, you know, in at least one or two of them. But for most, the most part, they look like me <laughs> in my mind when I'm gotcha. writing. So, I see, I see. Um, so, so yeah, who did you ha- who who did you have in mind for your characters um, in in educating Macy? I'm curious. <laughs> <laughs> I never really have anyone real, real specific, you know. And, and it's so funny because I'll, I'll see a lot of authors who will post pictures of of um, actors and actresses and say, "This is you know so and so character." I honestly. I can't do that. It, it, for some reason, you know, when I think of an actor, I think of a specific character that actor has already played and it's Mm. not going to be anybody I've written, you know, it's not my story. So it's really hard for me to attribute an actor to any of my characters. Now it may be like, well, he's got a chest like JJ Watt, but not that he is, you know, that JJ Watt is necessarily the epitome of any of my guys. Um, mm-hmm. And to be honest, most of my books, most of my male characters, especially my my first ones that I first started writing, they have hazel eyes and dark hair because my husband has hazel eyes and dark hair. And they're, mm-hmm. you know, they're tall. They're much taller than me because my husband's taller than me. So <laughs> he is definitely my muse for a lot of my male characters. Ooh. But 
Huh? Who did you say? My husband. Oh. <laughs> That's yeah. going to be <laughs> physically you know the physical while i'm reading this <laughs> <laughs> yeah please don't imagine my husband <laughs> actually it's okay if you do just don't tell me <laughs> but yeah I, so. huh? I said i shouldn't have asked this question now I, now i know his name is martin right yeah his name is martin okay now I know Martin is the 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 um the prototype for this character. <laughs> he is physically like especially if I dwell if the character it seems like I'm dwelling on his arms and his shoulders then you got to know I was thinking of my husband. <laughs> okay. I think that's great. <laughs> I mean, her husband's great, but you know, I I want to. I, I now is like, oh no, I I need to replace you know the the visuals now. You know, I need to oh, Lord. Else. because I I you know I've met him, I, you know I've seen him. So. <laughs> yeah, like I said, he is he is a uh, the muse for some of the physical characteristics. Don't go thinking all the sex scenes or what happens here in my bedroom, though. Okay. Right? <laughs> <laughs> just in case he listens to this i won't go in i won't ask any specific details like, yeah. <laughs> I probably will. once this link gets posted i'm sure he's gonna listen to it <laughs> i mean because i mean you do kind of go into how endowed the dude is and all that it's like oh no <laughs> yeah i try not to dwell on it though you know because so many that that i'm okay with with um tropes i'm okay with being um a little bit predictable because i mean to me the reason i read romance is because it's somewhat predictable and i know it's going to have a right. happy ending and that's what i want you know right especially this year i just need happy endings but as a writer, total pun intended <laughs> yeah right no but as a writer, <laughs> i try not to be too predictable and, and dwell on you know a man's genitalia and 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 be vulgar about it or anything and because most of my stories in the way that I write them don't call for it there are stories where the way gotcha, that the story gotcha. is going it's expected and, and it's and it fits you know it fits the scene and um and so that's one thing I try to make sure that if, if I'm putting a sex scene in if she's noticing his size or that it's it's something that her character would have noticed you know mm-hmm. and you know mm-hmm. a lot of my my women are a little shy they're a little uh again not prudes but they're not real sexually experienced because I wrote these books 10 years ago and mm-hmm. I was still thinking of how I was even 10 years prior to that where again sex wasn't something that was real spoken about in my household and stuff so I wasn't uh, I knew a lot less then than I know now. Let me just put it that way. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, that's got to be pretty flattering for him that after all this time, you're still um, turned on and uh, not just turned on, but I mean that he's driving the energy that you're putting into erotic stories. Oh, yeah. I still think my husband's sexy. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that is awesome. Um, so does size matter? No, it really doesn't. <laughs> What is it? Uh, doesn't the the size of the ship? It's the, the motion of the ocean, or 
does you stamina know, matter? You gotta know how you how, how to use what God gave you. That's all I gotta say. Yeah, yeah. there you does go. Does stamina matter? Yeah. Yes, it does. Okay. So anyone listening, you know, take that and do what you will with it. But people, <laughs> I think women are more concerned about stamina than size. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. Is that, I think it, it, people may get a little confused because, you know, usually when you're, when you're speaking of romance and erotic, there's, the man is usually endowed, but you know, it is fantasy too. It's not like, you know, that's what you're expecting everybody to be in real life because mm-hmm. you're, you're living through the characters, but don't get it twisted. Just cause you big, that doesn't mean that you just, mm-hmm. you're great at what you're doing. Right. Mm-hmm. That's so yeah. true. Yeah, I mean, look at any porn movie that you know where the guy is just uh, humongous. I mean, you can tell when women are not enjoying themselves, no matter how mm-hmm. much noise they make. You know. <laughs> yeah. What you gotta do is watch a, a porn where a guy is just ridiculously endowed, and you know she's not enjoying herself, <laughs> especially yeah. when. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, that that little wince and that that scream she did looked more like pain than pleasure, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, like when you're watching porn. Speaking of speaking of watching porn, since your character starts out watching porn, I know you have to do a lot of research probably for the stories. Um, <laughs> and since you said, you know, about ten years ago, you weren't as experienced as you are now. I think you said, are you getting some tips and helpful information from watching porn? Not really. Not that I don't, but. Again, it's all, you know, it's made by men. I mean, so my imagination works a lot better than anything I've seen on screen, but I don't watch a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't shy away from it, but it's not something that I still have a kid in the house. I still have a 17 year old that live in actually right now our 24 year old, uh, is living with us too. So I have to be real careful what I pull up on my computer, you know, when I leave, uh, what my computer, where my computer goes because you know, they know more on how to search history and do stuff than I do. So <laughs> something that um, porn is not a big part of my life, but mm-hmm. because again, my imagination is a lot better. I, I get more turned on reading an erotic story than watching any kind of film. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I really can't say that I've ever been influenced in my writing by any kind of uh, porn or anything I've I've seen. More so, maybe what I've read, you know, more than anything else, to be honest. Or, um, <clears throat> or erotic art, like erotic photography. Um, Michael Stokes. Oh my God, I love him. Do you know who Michael Stokes is? He's the one that posts the guys that have uh, amputations and yeah, or they've been injured and but they're yeah. real cut and fit. Yeah. Yeah, and and he does not just amputees, and um, but his you know his type of art, his type of photography. I actually a few years ago, uh, and I've even thought of uh, reprising it. I had a blog um, series of erotic photographers where every Sunday I would post a different erotic photographer with some of their work, and I can't remember now how many I did, but and it's still somewhere on my blog. But um, but yeah, to me that is a lot more enticing than a video mm-hmm. that you know is faked, you know, and hell, half the men are, are, are gay, honestly, and they're probably not enjoying themselves one way or the other, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, and so, yeah, I, porn's not really that big of a deal for me. 
Mm, gotcha. Mm. Did you see that? I read recently that um, Google was uh, going to be sharing <laughs> research, um, the people's research through Google with uh, oh, authorities. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm in trouble. Right? I mean, all of the authors were posting that like, uh oh, I'm an author. I'm an author. No, you know, I, feel like I worked for a bank for four years, a few years back. And so I was always looking up stuff like fraudulent money, like how to make fraud, you know, how to make fake money, how to unspot it, perfect money and stuff. And I told him the first time I did it, I said, look, I'm telling you right now, the FBI is going to have our, uh, you know, our uh, (laughs) IP address because I'm always looking that stuff up because I really needed to know that information. And um, but yeah, it cracks me up when authors are just like, well, I looked up, you know, how long does it take for acid e through a through bone today? So you know, I'm, I'm gonna be on the FBI watch. <laughs> you know? yeah. So yeah, I think it's too late for all of us to be honest. Yep, mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> and uh, there's a lot of uh, First Amendment things that are that are coming down. That's going to be real interesting for authors and creators. Period. Um, <laughs> I know you've been seeing about this Netflix um, issue with oh, over the, yeah. the cuties. Mm-hmm. You've you've heard about that, and then Netflix was sued. Um, they're gonna that's gonna be a, a First Amendment issue with that. Yeah, and you know what? To be honest, if anything, I think the maker of the movie itself, the writer or director, whoever I, I don't know all the higher higher uh, hierarchy when it comes to filmmaking, should be the one to sue Netflix because. It wasn't even the film itself that was bad, which I haven't seen the movie, but everything I read about it, it was the way Netflix marketed it. You know, it was the way that they shot those posters of these girls looking way too risque for their age. And, you know, I saw, if I remember correctly, it's been a while, so I I could be misremembering, but I believe that there was a different poster from when the movie originally came out in whatever country it was released in, as opposed to the offering, and it was way different, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so Netflix... uh, In the way that the girls were portrayed. Mm -hmm. uh, Netflix took down the marketing that has started all the controversy and then um, apologized, issued an apology, and then people and then they you know had different marketing put out but then it was i guess the damage had been already done because by then people were already boycotting they were already canceling their subscriptions and saying that the movie need to be taken down if they're not taking it down they were canceling their subscriptions so that'll be an interesting one to to watch not i'm not talking about the movie i'm not going to watch the movie because i have absolutely no interest in in what's the content of it like the synopsis doesn't appeal to me at all yeah but i mean people some people watched it just because they wanted to know what the content controversy was and then they had an opinion you know mm-hmm. that was based mm-hmm. on having watched the film mm-hmm. some people are saying it's not racy it's it's not condoning or you know glorifying these 11 year olds doing anything sexual and some people are saying it it is because they didn't have to go this far and all that but i i think it's an interesting argument about the limits on an artist on, on and a creator and um how far is too far and you know what what is art and what is illegal and you know yeah. what i mean like how yeah. far can you go before it's too far so that's a case that's interesting 
to watch to see what happens with that. Like I'm following that story, although I have absolutely no interest in the movie whatsoever. Right, right, because of the the mm-hmm. parameters it's going to set. I'll be honest, I don't believe in book burning. I don't believe in banning books. I don't believe in in uh, muzzling an artist in any way, shape, or form until it comes to minors. As mm-hmm. soon as they cross the line to where it looks in any way, shape, or form that they are condoning child pornography or pedophilia, that's where I, that's a hard line for me. And right. And that, that's the important word that you just said, condoning. Yeah. Because as a, as a child who's been through, you know, I was a child who went through a lot of way too many sexual things for, at the age I, you know, that I experienced it, mm-hmm. that, um, you know, you, you need, if you, if I had access to movies and things the way we have it now with cell phones and all this sort of thing, mm-hmm. it would actually probably be beneficial for someone who's, you know, experiencing sexual, sexual abuse in whatever way they're experiencing it to understand that that's what they're experiencing. So, you know, as long as it's something that's not glorifying or condoning, Uh I think it's important to have those things in all types of entertainment, because Uh I do feel like it's, it's almost like it helps. It took until I was probably in my twenties for me to, first of all, realize, um, that I was not necessarily my fault. Mm-hmm. And it took into my thirties for, for me to even snap to the fact that I was actually raped. So mm-hmm. it is really wild how much you push the thoughts so deep inside yourself. You don't see it. And mm-hmm. that's what I don't want to see happen. I don't want to see that kind of stuff taken away, even stuff like 13 reasons why, I mm-hmm. mean, come on, it was hard to watch. Yes, this girl committed suicide, but even a close friend of mine just wrote, uh, actually she was on this show. Her name is Mel Allgood. <laughs> she just posted on her Facebook that when she was 15, she made the decision that that day was the day she would die. Mm-hmm. And she asked one person and that one person helped change her mind, even though it didn't happen immediately. He actually went out and got an entire group of their friends to write her a a, a note and it helped her get through many bad experiences in her whole lifetime. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, these things are important to have. And I think people need to understand that because it's hard to watch stuff like Jeff Epstein's show and stuff and go, Oh my God, I'm so sick of seeing all this people talk about this. You know what I mean? People yeah, get I won't that be way. watching that either. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, people get that way. They're like, I don't want to see any more about this, this me too stuff, blah, 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 blah. They get all mad. Well, First of all, people who do that in some way, shape, form, or fashion were involved in some sort of sexual abuse, whether they turned a blind eye to it. And I'm just telling you this. I know I'm standing on a soapbox. Either they turned a blind eye to it or they themselves were involved in some way, whether a victim or victimizing. Um, And second of all, I just I feel like we have to, as artists, band together and not let those voices be hushed. Right. Right. So there's definitely, there's definitely, you know, a difference between sticking your head in the sand and what self-care, which is the, you know, the the go-to phrase right now. So, you know, but again, when it comes to, like you said, condoning it, I I cannot, and I, and I won't sit quietly either. You know, a couple of years ago, there was a book, um, 
promoting pedophilia out that I mm. jumped on the bandwagon to do everything in my power to tell, I think it was Amazon at the time, to take that down. The, this society has no place for that. And someone made a comment about, you know, about censorship and how as an author could I could I want them to ban a book? And I'm like, I'm sorry, you know, if it means that I could never publish another word just to say pedophiles cannot publish their shit either, I won't ever publish again. I'll never publish another word. Because mm. as a mom, there's no way that I could sit quietly and, and let pedophiles promote pedophilia. And mm. just, that is my hard that's the hill I'll die on. So yeah. That's my stance on when it comes to, you know, everybody is so up, especially in, in America, on our rights, you know, but what people don't ever seem to want to realize, your rights only extend as far as the next person's rights start. So, yep. you know, you cannot impose your right on me. You know, if you want to have your rights, that's fine. Go have them in your space. But I don't want to see your shit if I feel like that's impugning on my rights, you know. 100% so, true. Yeah. But that, so that's my soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> we have those there moments was another, in the show. <laughs> yeah, there's another hotbed I want to get in. Um, the uh, um, uh, This goes back to kind of a, a Hispanic Ameri uh, Heritage Month a little bit. American uh -huh. Dirt is something that I saw that was going around uh, as a big uh, uh, issue. American uh -huh. Dirt was, uh, I really don't even know what the conflict was, but I realized that it was something that was offending Latina people, uh, oh, her yeah. Hispanic people. And so I said, I don't know exactly what's going on, so I'm going to stay out of it. But mm -hmm. you're familiar with it, it right? It sounds Ms. familiar. Oh, yeah. What is I was, I was very much involved in retweeting and spreading as much word about that as I can. Okay, so here's what started it. This woman mm -hmm. who is Caucasian, she has a Puerto Rican grandmother that she never really mentioned. She never claimed the heritage, okay, ever in her life. She had already released a couple of books. She, I, and I don't even know what the process was in her getting this book to be written because she even said, well, I wish someone a little bit browner than me had written this book, which is a stupid thing to say. But anyway, this <laughs> book was went to auction and she got like six figures for this book. Okay. So mm -hmm. that right there is a problem because there are so many people who were, who are browner than her, but who are so much more capable of writing the story she attempted to write. So that was problem number one. Problem number mm. two, the story itself. Now, I didn't read the book, so because I was there's no way I was gonna spend my money on that book. I didn't want to request it from the library. However, I saw enough passages to feel that I, as a Mexican American, formed an informed uh, opinion on it. So the way this story was written, first of all, she doesn't really seem like a very good writer, and that, but that's a separate issue. You know, that's a personal separate issue. But she wrote passages like, okay, so for example. Um, are both of you familiar with conchas, with the Mexican sweetbread, right? Mm -hmm. It's baked. I mean, it's bread. It's baked. Okay. So there's a scene where this man gives the woman the concha on a napkin and she makes a comment about the napkin having grease stains. How, how has she never gone into a grocery store and had a concha? I'm sorry, but if I'm going to write a scene that involves food of uh, food I'm not familiar with or food of a, a culture that I'm not familiar with. 
I would do some research. I would go get the damn food because it's not hard to find ponchas mm-hmm. anywhere in the U.S. And that was just something so minor. However, it was indicative of the rest of the story. She had, you know, she had this woman and her son fleeing through Mexico, but stopping to notice stuff about Mexico that was shocking to her. Okay, if she's from Mexico, these things wouldn't have shocked her because she would know that these things exist. Mexico is not an alien planet, you know. And the way she wrote it, she wrote it as if these things as if they don't have things in Mexico like we have here in the U.S. They do. I mean, it's a different country, and parts of it are very, you know, poor. But Mexico City itself, Guadalajara, there are other cities that are very much like American cities that you will find. You know, they have this similar economies to some of our own cities. And Mm. she wrote it just with a level of ignorance that is inexcusable for someone who is writing another culture. Not only that, mm. she claims to have been doing all, like months of research. I don't know where this woman was researching me. I mean, I don't know if she went into a meat market in Cincinnati and thought that that was good because <laughs> she did not go to Mexico because if she did go to Mexico, then then she, she wrote with such ignorance, okay? So mm-hmm. that was problem number two. Problem number three, once this book came out or was going to come out, the publisher did this big push. And so they sent it to all these, you know, bookstores and wanted them to do all this marketing. They had all this marketing for it. Now, the cover of the book, again, the plot of this book is this woman fleeing Mexico, this Mexican woman fleeing Mexico with her son. And I believe it ends with her actually getting to the border. I don't even think it says, you know, if she comes into the U.S. or, or what happens at that point. The cover of the book has barbed wire on it, okay, with little blue flowers. That is offensive to immigrants mm. who are trying, you know, to flee actual violence in their mm. Latin American countries. And mm. when the when the publisher held a party, like the the release party, the centerpieces on the tables were these wood blocks with barbed wire around them with flowers on it. And the author herself got her now and this one this was a little bit of stupidity on her part, but I don't completely blame her because that her book cover never should have been what it was. She got the book cover on her nails, which offended a lot of people because of the barbed wire. However, in her defense, she was excited about her published book. I would have put my book cover on my nails too, but that book cover never should have existed. So mm-hmm. it was just, it was a failure from go, you know, whoever heard this Caucasian woman saying, you know what, I think I'm going to write a story about a Mexican woman fleeing Mexico should have said, okay, but you're not Mexican. What do you know about a Mexican woman fleeing Mexico? And if she said, well, no, but I have this story in my heart. I know I can write this. And if she was real passionate about it said, then the person should have said, okay, well then you need to go to Mexico and do some homework. If you really think that you're going to be able to write this story. Once the story was written, any editor or sensitivity reader should have read this and said, you know what? All of this happens in Mexico. Why don't we have a Mexican read this to make sure it's at least 50% accurate? I don't mm-hmm. know if that didn't happen, but if it did happen, they gave it to a blind Mexican because, again, mm-hmm. so many things that she wrote in there that it made it seem like Mexico was an alien planet in comparison to what Mexico really is, you know? Yeah. And, then, and then once it was published and they were pushing it, for them to do the so insensitive thing about the barbed wire with the centerpieces was just absolutely inexcusable and so 
tone deaf, just so completely blind. She must have not been from Texas because I do feel like here in Texas, because we're 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 so used to. I mean, before all this build the fence shit, yeah, I, I always felt like Texas and Mexico had a pretty good rapport. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, especially and, down. You know, we're close enough that you know here in Houston. I mean, we're we're still close enough to the border. If you've ever been to Corpus or Brownsville or you know San Antonio, mm-hmm. just because of the Mexican population there. And then, of course, some people see brown skinned people and they automatically think, oh, okay, Mexico. But there's a lot of Latin countries. Yes. And yes. you could be pulling from a whole, like when I went to, I lived in LA for a year, the 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 Mexican food, because it was, you know, Mexicans there, mm-hmm. um, was completely different than the Mexican Tex-Mex we have here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, it's category. Know, <laughs> yeah. So, you know. That's the other thing. She should have. She should have had a little bit. Uh, yeah. Who knows where she was from? It, it could have been know. Texas. I don't remember. I honestly don't remember. But I know what really galled me was her insistence that she had done research for like four months, and I mm. thought, well, what kind of research were you doing? I mean, because again, she made mistakes. Like I, the only Mexico I've been to is Juarez, which is a border town at the border of El Paso from where I was born. And it's been years since I've been to Juarez. But some of the things that that I read in the passages in her book, even though I've never been to the city, I don't don't remember if it was Mexico City she named or or where it was. Or no, I, I know Guadalajara was in there. I even knew that that was wrong. I've never been there. But I knew that that was wrong, you know? Mm. And I just thought, you know, it was laziness. It was just pure laziness. And, you know, I always call myself a lazy writer. I always joke like, well, I'm never going to write historical romance because I'm too lazy and I don't want to have to match up, you know, actual the what they wore and how they spoke and all that. But I acknowledge it. I write fantasy so I can make my own shit up, you know. Mm-hmm. She was like, trying to write from the view of somebody who was, you know, and, and even she just sounded so, what is the word? Um, you know, like she was wanting to be the white savior of the immigrants, you know, it just Mm. came across so bad. It came across very callous and very, um, uppity, you know, I can't Mm. think, but she just, it just, it was such a bad taste in my mouth when I started to see the whole thing. And, um, and again, I haven't read the book. I will never read the book, but there are enough passages that have been, screenshotted and put out uh, especially on twitter if you just go to hashtag american dirt i'm sure you can find them that um i think any reader could form a, a, a you know a valid opinion and see that yeah this was just very poorly done from the first step so mm, that's yeah. sad yeah yeah and, and it was so it. aggravating because and this was something i reached out to some local bookstores and said please do not promote this as an own voices book because just because suddenly she's claiming her Puerto Rican grandmother does not make it own voices because she is not Mexican. Mm-hmm. And then her, her, her voice was fake. I mean, it was just fake from the beginning and she just had it. She's it's like everything she could have gotten wrong. She got wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, it was. Well, thank bad. you very Thank you for explaining that, because I, I I saw that it was it was pissing a lot of people off, uh-huh. and um, I said, well, you know, I don't I don't know exactly what's going on, so I'm just gonna stay out of it. Sometimes, you know, I yeah. think it's best that the the people who are offended, if they are offended for a reason and it is something that's directly affecting them, then you you should probably listen to them. You know, yeah. it's the same mm-hmm. the same. The, I, I was a J.K. Rowling fan, oh. and I looked 
it's up to her. But I, I noticed that some things she was saying was really hurting the transgender community. So I said, well, you know, it's probably best if you listen to them. Like the way to ally is to mm-hmm. let them let the people who are directly representing the group that you're speaking of, let them speak for themselves. You can amplify their voices. So mm-hmm. if they're, if you have a, an opinion, if you're saying something and they're saying, hey, this is harmful, I, I don't like this, this is bothersome, then mm-hmm. it's best to to say, I, I'm sorry, I, I, I didn't realize. Rihanna just did that recently. Something yeah. she did or said offended the Jewish community, I believe. And she yeah. said, I'm sorry, I didn't yeah. realize mm-hmm. that it was offensive. Or the, it might have been Muslim, I can't remember. But she it said, was, I'm, it was which? Yeah. It was, it was, I believe, the Muslims because she took pictures in front of, um, I don't know if it's a mosque or, or their, their type of religious place. And it wasn't even just the pictures, but her show, her fashion show, one of the mm-hmm. pieces of music had uh, speaking in it that was sacred to them that is not uh. supposed to be used for that type of context at all. I mean, very, mm-hmm. very taboo. Mm-hmm. And, and she yeah, apologized. She uh-huh, and removed yeah. it. And removed it. Yeah. She apologized which was the opposite. J.K. Rowland doubled down. Uh, and it's like, but these people are saying to you that they are hurt and they're offended. So, yeah, you know, I had to yeah. step away from J.K. Rowland based on that. That's not, you don't ally with people by saying that you know better than than them when they are the group that is directly af- affected and or offended. So yes, I didn't know what was going on with American Dirt, but I knew the people who were in the group that was yeah. being represented were offended. And I said, this yeah. would be something... Um, this if is you something for, look, for them to speak on. Right. And if you want to look more into the American Dirt thing, there's a really good review, which is actually what brought my attention to it in the first place. There's a very good review of the book by Miriam Gurba called Bendeja Yer No Steinbeck. If you just Google that, <laughs> you find it. And it's a really good, concise review. And that is what alerted me to it. But, you know, after reading her review, I looked more into it and saw all these things. But um, and then, yeah, J.K. Rowling was such a disappointment. You know, I've been hearing nothing about this. See, I don't pay no attention to no gossip, y'all. You're yeah. gonna tell me everything. Well, I'm on. We're you on gotta, Twitter. I keep my, so all I keep of this my stuff pen, pops up on Twitter. What's going on? Yeah, all this stuff pops up on Twitter, and and again, yeah. I have a personal stake in this too because my son is transgender. You know, mm-hmm. and so she has basically doubled down on saying that you know that that everyone is the the, and, and I don't know why it bothers me so much when they use the word sex instead of gender. But mm. basically that everybody is the gender that they're assigned at birth, that they're born with, you know, that you, whatever genitalia you're born with is what you are. Well, I'm sorry, mm. but I have been living with a transgender child for the last few years. And I mm-hmm. can tell you, because I am witnessing it firsthand, that sometimes you're born wrong. I mean, my child, mm-hmm. my child was wearing dresses, having tea parties. You know, doing everything that a little girl would do for years. And mm-hmm. then once puberty hit, it was like a switch flipped. And he said, nope, this is wrong. I don't feel right. I don't mm. I don't agree with this. This there's there's something very wrong. And it took a couple of years for Martin and I to come on board because we were both like, well, you're going through puberty. So that screws everybody up, you know, just let's get through puberty. Let's get through some of these hormonal changes and see how you Mm -hmm. feel. And again, years later, you know, yeah, this is our son. We know this. And he is, you know, now he's taking testosterone. He is transitioning and he is so 
happy in mm. comparison to how mm-hmm. he was, you know, and it's not even just um, an attitude shift. I mean, my, my kids, all my kids have always been good kids. I've been very, very blessed or lucky or however you want to say it, that I don't have, you know, troublesome children for the most part. And, but the shift in my child, you know, a mother knows when there's something wrong with your kid mm-hmm. and not being able to pinpoint it is painful. And so to see him become such a, a much happier, more well-rounded person who is so much more comfortable in his skin now, then yeah, I absolutely 100% agree with him. You know what? You are a boy. You mm-hmm. not born correctly. And, mm-hmm. and that's fine because now thank God with modern science, we can fix that. So, yeah. you know, there's nothing that JK Rowling who does not have a transgender family member, as far as I know, or mm-hmm. anybody else can tell me that would convince me that my child doesn't know what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, what well, I don't of, understand is what does it make difference to her? Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Didn't she put out a book recently or it's coming out that it, she was basically, she was doing some kind of movie or, or well, I guess book about a man as a cross-dresser who was yeah. committing crimes or something. Yes. I was like, oh, so is, is all this about publicity for her book? Yeah. And, but what's really bad, the male pen name that she uses, the last name, if you Google it, there was a doctor who, um, that was his last name. And he uh, was a big part of conversion therapy, which, you know, many, many medical um, people have come out to say is wrong. You know, conversion therapy is harmful and it's not, um, it's not a good practice. It's not even, there's no benefit to it. All it does is hurt people. And so she, you know, and again, yeah, she has no dog in the race. So I don't know why. And it really just seems to be these women who feel, and it's mostly seems to be women who are, feel so threatened, you know, like they think that, that men are just going to be putting on dresses just to hurt them. Well, I'm sorry. Yeah. If a man is a rapist, he doesn't need to wear something specific to rape. You know, if a man right. is going to try to victimize a woman, he doesn't, he's not going to dress up just to do that. He's going to do it one way or another. And, and you know, really, and they, they need to educate themselves on the difference between uh, the transvestite and the transgender. Also, exactly. there's people, there's someone who cross dresses. That is a man who's yeah. putting on a dress. And then mm-hmm. there's someone who feels like they have the wrong genitalia that mm-hmm. they feel like they're in the wrong body and they exactly. they want to correct that on the outside to yeah. match what they feel on the inside those are two different people yes absolutely and i mean and there's a difference between you know a trans a transgender a crossdresser and a man who wants to victimize women three right right very, very true you know? three because you got drag queens who would never hurt anybody <laughs> exactly mm-hmm. exactly so yeah you know these women it's like they, they liked their their little box that they were living in and someone says, well, I'm different and this is how I'm different. And no, they want everyone to to fit into these boxes that they've created in their head. And, you know, it just doesn't make any sense to me. It makes no sense whatsoever that, again, they're trying to impose their rights on everyone around yeah. them instead of real recognizing their rights stop where the next person's rights begin. Mm. 
Well, thank you so much for that. And this has been, <laughs> once, once again, we started out with all our foolishness and we ended up on a very serious intellectual discussion. <laughs> we, go, we go there sometimes. Yeah. Um, so we're kind of entertainment, but also educational and, you know, kind of a little bit all of that in between. But wherever the conversation goes. Thank you so much, Missy Jane. This has been thank a pleasure. Yeah, thank you very much. And um, again, I have that one book with the funny opening scene. It's free. I'm probably going to leave it free, but for sure it's free right now. You know, if you go to my... Oh, my God. That's right. You're supposed to be reading us something. We're, we've oh, well, gone over time, but if you yeah, want to... No, no, it, it's fine. Please. Because <laughs> I know it's your bedtime, but if you, if you want to still read it, please do. I forgot about it. <laughs> no no that's okay i'd rather just um if you don't mind i'll just say my links real quick and everybody can like because again that book's free right now so you know if y'all go to um let me see if you go to my website which is authormissyjane.com um that's mm -hmm. got my books on it uh my instagram is ms underscore missy jane my Twitter is, I think the same. My Twitter is MS Missy Jane, at MS Missy Jane. And then on Facebook, I've got the actual page, which is author Missy Jane, or just, you know, if you want to be my Facebook friend, I think it's Miss Missy Jane, if I remember correctly. I don't know. Oh, it's, yeah, MS dot Missy Jane. But somewhere in all those links, you'll find my free book, which is called Educating Macy. And, um, and then I've got a few other ones that are relatively cheap all through draft to digital. So you can get them on Amazon. Now, Educating Macy, unfortunately, is not available through Amazon. They wouldn't let me put it because it's free, but it's mm -hmm. available through Kobo and Barnes and Noble and um, uh, Apple Books, I believe, Baker and Taylor, a bunch of just other ones. So, um, but all those links are on all my social media as well. Awesome. Very great. I, I'm sorry I forgot about your reading. Um, oh, that's okay. <laughs> I, I wouldn't have gone into these these other discussions, <laughs> um, or we could have gotten that done probably uh, near the beginning, but I, I forgot. I no, nah, no problem. Everybody can go read it for themselves. I'd rather have the discussion. <laughs> uh, awesome, awesome. It has been a blast. I can't wait to see you again at the Comic-Cons yes. and at the concerts. Yes. Yes, I can't wait until live music is available again. So that'll be somewhere around 2039. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll still have my earplugs and I won't be able to bang my head, but I will be there. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we're going to say good night, ladies. All right. All thank right. You. Have thank a great you night. For having me. Yeah, y'all have a good night. Go to bed. <laughs> and tell your yeah, family right. good night. Tell your family I said hey and good night for me. You know, I love Will them. do. Same. All right. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Sex and Horror. Make sure you subscribe. And join our Facebook group. If you'd like to be a guest, let us know. If you have a topic to suggest, a movie, TV show, book, song to be featured, let us know. You can follow me at ChantalRenee.com. And I'm at Dicey Grinner all over social media. You can find me on my website, DiceyGrinnerBooks.com. See, See you, you next week, week for Sex and, and Horror. Horror.